This is the Women's Protection and Empowerment Podcast, where we give space to talking about women and girls in humanitarian settings. I'm Christy Crabtree. In low-resource and humanitarian settings, sex work is a coping mechanism for women experiencing food insecurity, poverty, and a general lack of resources. Despite this trend becoming increasingly visible over the recent years, female sex workers struggle to meet basic health and protection needs. So here with me today are three IRC staff who are working on this issue. Mercy Lombi, the WPE coordinator, Joffrey Luta, the reproductive health coordinator, and Sami Bungard, the technical advisor for reproductive health and women's protection and empowerment. Welcome, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So can you first tell me about the situation? Why do women engage in sex work as a coping mechanism? Or what are the drivers to sex work? You know, setting women engage in sex works because of poverty levels. So lack of resources, lack of opportunities to education and thus lack of employment and the demand that is put on them to take care of their families and also of themselves. Either the refugee setup, the resources are not enough or in the host community in Turkana also, the expectations are, are the same. And then this leads to young girls and uh, young women to engage in sex work. Are there social norms that support this as well? What we've seen both from experience with the programming and also from the research is that, especially in, in Tukana County with the host population, with the local uh, population, we there are social norms and traditional male practices that, that makes it, drives very young girls into transactional sex, even as young as nine years, we've seen in the program. And it is something that's very integrated into the way female roles within the community that uh, that's expected from you and so girls don't really question it's just something that they drift into at a very early age because of the, the lack of opportunities that are there. So what basic health and protection needs are female sex workers lacking? I think I will start by saying that sex workers with regards to health and protection needs are very specific unlike in the general population in that if there is no deliberate efforts to be able to look at the needs uh, with regards to provision of, of health and protection services, then we really miss the point. And uh, I would want to specifically point out that sex workers uh, are prone to sexual transmitted infections as well as, as, as violence-related, gender-based violence-related issues. And those actually some of the the health and protection uh, uh, services that actually are required for them. So what is IRC doing to engage female sex workers? How do you best meet the needs of this population? The IRC uses the peer-led approach to first uh, get the sex workers, both adolescents and the young women, into the wellness or the support centers so they are able to get to know what is happening or what services are available to them and then encourage them to enroll into groups with being led by peers from their areas or, pe or peers of their age whom they can relate to and then have this social support network for each other but also then within that group hold each other accountable or support each other to seek services to prevent or to reduce the risk of transmission because they are constantly being able to access clinical services from IRC and also 
teach them or talk to them on how to protect themselves from sexually transmitted diseases or when they are out looking for clients. What, do you, what is it about the peer approach to this that works really well for this type of care and service? The peer approach is uh, an evaluated approach that uh, is universally accepted as one of the cornerstones with regards to mobilizing sex workers program. And what actually happens is that we deliberately ensure that the sex workers elect girls or women amongst themselves whom they think they have influence over them. And then once they have been elected, we the program is able to train the elected uh, peers in a structured peer education curriculum. So then after that is now actually when now we let the peer leaders now be able to ensure that they have activities well uh, thought through and the, the, the activities mainly look at sensitization of the sex workers in their specific hotspots, what we call hotspots, and then provision of condoms and also ensuring that they are able to access the specific services with regards to health and protection. And then we, the peer leadership also looks at how they can be able to develop the groups so that they can be able to access livelihoods opportunities from other stakeholders that IRC engage with. Another reason for the success that we've had with this project is because of the staff, um, because the way that not only do they have, of course, they're very competent in, in their skills, either as clinicians or social workers, but they also have a really good understanding of the gender dynamics within that specific culture, and they have favorable attitudes towards female sex workers, which creates a safe space where, where the women and the girls can, can come and find support and find help. It, it's my impression that on some occasions these staff even serve as role models and as parents. And I think that's very important for the project. I understand there's a lot of collaboration between sectors on this project. Can you speak more about how that works and why, how it works well? It seems like collaboration between sectors is always a little bit of an obstacle. First of all, the collaboration is necessitated because of the needs of the female sex workers. Because they require attention with regards to their health, then they require attention with regards to their safety. And the third thing that uh, is really also critical is their livelihood support that they actually require. So we have no option other than look in a way that all the sectors within IRC can be able to come together and choreograph a framework that will be able to anchor all the three sectors so that we can be able to provide the, the services for this targeted population. Also looking at the female sex workers, they are first women, they are first adolescent girls, and uh, just by virtue of them being women or girls, in the setting they're there in, is they're already exposed, they're al already vulnerable. So then looking at their needs, that's where you see their need for health, their need for protection and safety, their need for improved livelihoods, and need for the, all the sectors to come again together to advocate for their rights to their communities, to the leadership in country for the host, to the agencies like UNHCR in the camps to actually address their needs. So then you can't work like maybe your protection alone or your WP alone or your reproductive health alone. Or So you have to work together so that you can build a bigger group to be able to advocate effectively for the women and girls. 
And especially for these girls, they need services, but they also need support in improving the, the reason why they're doing sex work in the first place, which is, in the most cases, not what they want to do. And so for us and for other agencies to be able to provide alternative income generating activities or alternative livelihood is essential for this because they also need, for those who are not interested in continuing sex work or in reducing sex work, they need some kind of alternative lifestyle. I understand there was an evaluation this year of the programming approach. What are some of the findings so far? The evaluation actually just we, we found is the best practice that, that we think should be strengthened within the existing programs or uh, other programs within IRC can be able to learn. And one thing that we found that is very critical is the setting up of the wellness center should be set up in the highly populated area within where the, the project is being implemented. And it would be ideal if it is actually set up within a, a pre-existing health facilities so that we can be able to reduce stigma with regards to if you programmed in a secluded area. Secondly is that uh, we also found out that it's very important to have uh, dedicated staff who actually grounded uh, well with regards to the contextual uh, gender and, and power dynamics and as well as they should be of favorable attitudes towards the female sex worker. So that is very key uh, with regards to the, uh, this programming. The third thing is the integration of the services, which is very important. Looking at the three key pillars the of health, safety, and then the social economic uh, well-being to be very important. And fourth is the peer-led approach, which is very pivotal with regards to mobilization and uh, demand creation uh, to, to be able to ensure that uh, access to these services is guaranteed. And lastly is the intersectional collaboration with local authorities. And to be very specific, we're actually talking about the community leadership, the police, and also the, the judiciary sections at that lower level that can be able to guarantee safety to, to the female sex workers yeah, in that area. Yeah. I think it's also really important to just emphasize that we saw and we heard that having this type of, of programming that is specifically targeted towards this key population is really important because even if those services do exist within the hospital, for example, those women don't have access to it in the same way. So having a targeted approach is, is really important if you want to reach this very vulnerable population. So if somebody wants to find out more information about the program approach or about the valuation, where can they look? First, we'll post it at the GBV Responders Network, but also the IRC Kenya Protection Facebook page and uh, the GBV map in Kenya. You'll find more of this information. A unique opportunity for health, livelihood, and protection sectors to collaborate on a programming approach that has a positive impact for female sex workers in getting their needs met and improving health and safety outcomes, and a lot of choice and self-determination involved in that process as well. So thanks for joining us, Mercy, Joffrey, and Sani. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you for you. having yeah. us. <laughs> and thanks everyone for listening. Safety, voice, respect. Join the WPE movement. <laughs>